Well, Lydia Thorpe took her seat in the Senate this morning for the first time as an independent senator. Her defection from the Greens means that the government now needs two extra crossbench votes when they can't rely on the coalition. Speaking to ABC's news channel this afternoon, Senator Thorpe made it clear that she's going to use her new freedom to grow and amplify the black sovereign movement in Australia. Black sovereignty is, is what clans and nations have on, on their own land. And that comes with culture, language, law, song, dance, the sovereign power to determine their own destiny. And that's all we're asking here. Well, Gomeroy woman Gwenda Stanley is one of those warriors that Lydia Thorpe is seeking to represent. She's a long-time ambassador of the Tent Embassy and the Aboriginal Sovereign Movement. Gwenda, welcome to RN Drive. What is black sovereignty or the Aboriginal Sovereignty Movement? I mean, what, what, what is the movement hoping to achieve? Let's start with that. I think for everyone to understand the Aboriginal Sovereignty Movement of this country, we must look at the Aboriginal Tent Embassy. This movement, what she's referring to in regards to the radical warriors that have laid the foundation, is actually actually established a year actually before both and I were born. In regards to you know to understand the Aboriginal sovereignty movement, we must look at the history of this country, and that includes looking at the Aboriginal embassy, in which, as always, maintains its its fight and struggle for continuity for the sovereignty rights of our people in this country. So, so for those who support Aboriginal sovereignty. Is it all aligned down the same path or are there different viewpoints within Indigenous groups about how that could be best achieved? It needs to be achieved by having a collective voice. And, you know, um, I can't really say that, you know, that Lydia represents us all as individuals, as sovereign people of this country, but it's something that needs to now be brought to, back to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy and also to the many sovereign groups across this country that have been on that front line in this movement and for her to have that discussion with us openly and honestly of uh, the who is actually needs to be a collective representative voice of the people for the sovereign movement. So where do you stand on the voice to parliament? Well, my stance is, um, as always maintained, is that, you know, we will be against it until we have more dialogue and discussions of addressing the sovereignty rights of our people in this country. So, so do and you share Lydia oh. Thorpe's view that the voice could undermine First Nations sovereignty? Is that what you're opposed to? If anyone looks at it, it will undermine the average, our, our people, our, our sovereign rights of this country. If anything, we uh, if anything, we need to be looking and addressing these sovereign um, issues that has been on the issue for over 235 years, and that's the issue of sovereignty and land rights in this country. We need to be addressing the war crimes. I think you know Lydia mentioned of the deaths in custody and also the bringing the Mo report. So. You know, what are we going to get out of, you know, being enshrined into a constitution that's not going to benefit any of us um, other than be a tokenistic voice without power to a government that's continually oppresses us? So I'm assuming then, Gwen, do you disagree with the group of constitutional experts that advised the Albanese government on The Voice on Thursday, which affirmed that the issue of sovereignty is unaffected by The Voice? Well, it's obviously affected as, as it sits, as it st currently stands. And, if you know, these same people that have had run of the mill for the last 30 or 40 years have been the voice for this government to maintain, to put um, put and support these legis um, racist legislations that have been forced over the, the five, last five decades of this, in regards to our political affairs in this country. So what we're talking about is sovereignty and land rights in this country now. And all Lydia done was amplify the voice at more or less on a political scale in Parliament to be the, you know, 
um, to amplify the voice that the embassy has continuously done for over 51 years in this country. I mean, Lydia Thorpe talks a lot about treaty. Where does that fit into your plan? I mean, does it come first? Yes, we need to be looking at sovereign clan treaties. We can't just say one treaty will um, be right for, um, will be one bill fits all for every Aboriginal nation right across this country. That's so what we've got to understand is that there are diverse sovereign nations and diverse sovereign clans across this country and that now Lydia must come back to the communities and these sovereign bodies to discuss them what whether the fault of moving forward with all this. It sounds to me like there isn't unanimity in the black sovereignty movement. You've, you've mentioned that earlier. So what degree or what percentage of your supporters... I don't, I don't think we can say there's a disagreement. We all understand that we are sovereigns and that's the problem we, we've always had with governments is that the, you know they seem to be listening to selective few. The thing is, is that the, the voice being amplified now has brought the, the international attention to it and government's attention that the Aboriginal Embassy sovereign movement is still there. And consultation has been made and it will continue to be made right across this country. So what would uh, Senator Lydia Thorpe have to do to get broad support amongst the black sovereignty movement? Well, I think she needs to maintain and keep in contact with the, our communities, come to the Aboriginal Ten Embassy. She's always, you know, consulted. She needs to come back with those sovereign groups as well. And Hasn't you know, she done that? She has on a small scale, uh, on a smaller scale, but maybe not as a larger scale. Where now she has, this is you're talking about Australia wide now. Mm. You know what I mean? So when you look at Aboriginal politics on the east coast, right around this country, there are many clan nations. And if anyone looks at the um, issue of why these streets have become a movement for sovereignty, it's been because of the the movements of those that have laid the foundation before us. You know, it's a. It, it's about now she needs to yeah, bring that collective voice together. And I think with her being an independent, she has the power to do that. And she will do that. And she's proven and she will continue to do that. On RN Drive, Tent Embassy Ambassador Gwenda Stanley is here. We're talking about the Black Sovereign Movement. I mean, the caretakers of the Tent Embassy, of which you are an ambassador, are some of the longest running advocates for this cause in Australia, as you mentioned, even going back before you and the senator were born. Uh, caretaker Marigal Coe uh, has said that sovereignty is all about self-determination. So, you know, Indigenous people should have the right to practice their own culture and religion. He says that we're sick of the government making decisions for us. You've echoed that view here today. In terms of where sovereignty takes First Nations people, does that include rejecting the government or making a new government? Well, that's exactly right. Why can't we have our own constitution, create our own political government that looks after our own affairs? I'm just curious about Lydia Thorpe and whether or not it's a contradictory position that, you know, she's within the current parliament, she's a sworn member of the Senate. Uh, does that preclude her from representing your interests because she's a member of parliament, the current parliament? Well, she's a sovereign woman for foremost. You know, so, so so she's she's got every right to assert her sovereign rights in this country as a sovereign woman to stand her independent right to, and to help amplify those voices of the sovereign movements. But she was given that power by the Crown. Well, like I said, she's, she got in there to do her job and I think now she's learned her job and that's what she needs to be doing is that, you know, she's asserted her sovereign rights. Well, it's a, she's still a sovereign woman at the end of the day. It overrides Australian citizenship or anything, doesn't it? If she's a she's a sovereign woman. 
It's all about jurisdiction and sovereign people of this country. You were on the ABC TV program Q&A last year criticising the Uluru Statement. Uh, Minister for Indigenous Affairs Linda Burney was on the program's panel and she said that she'd listen to those like you who disagree with the statement. Do you feel that that she's listened like she, she said she would? Well, she still hasn't come to the table, unfortunately, has she? We still haven't heard from her since Q&A. We never heard from her before that. So why do you think, you know, that this is the problem we have is that, you know, you only have a selective voice that people are listening to in this country in the media interviews. So that's where it cuts out grassroots voices like ourselves. And the thing is, I was actually one of those that was one of the 150 elected representatives up there. And it was our mandate from that to, to go up there from the mandate we had at Dubbo Dialogue is that we were to make this to go against it because we weren't adding input into it. We were more or less given a one-set plan, the, the Marcia Langton, no Pearson report, whatever they want to call it, and we were just told to sit down and shut up. You know, this is, this is our sovereign rights in this country and we need to be addressing our sovereign rights, our human rights in this country. So, no, so it's, so it's not, not that, that you think that you don't have an Indigenous voice to Parliament. Clearly, Linda Burney is. It's that she's not listening to you and your concerns. Linda Burney doesn't listen to the grassroots people. When has she ever visited the Aboriginal 10 Embassy? When has she ever come to and sat around? She, you notice that she's never at one of our rallies. Where are these people? They seem to be speaking on our behalf without us. That's the biggest problem in this country, you know? So now people like Lydia that have that have um, connected and now wanting to be that voice needs to come back and speak with the sovereign so that the people need to be that a collective voice right across this country to move forward as Indigenous people instead of, you know, Linda Burney's in a position where she's been appointed by Labor Parliament to push the, the constitutional recognition. We're out of time there. 10 Embassy Ambassador Gwenda Stanley, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Andy. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.